The following episode contains a discussion about the existence of Santa Claus, in case you're listening with small children, and perhaps even some adults. Listener discretion is advised. If you've ever wondered what would happen if three friends, a firefighter, a lawyer, and a chaplain, got together to talk about the joys and challenges of raising their kids, well, wonder no more. Welcome to the Three Men and Their Babies podcast. Marcus Landsberg. I have two kids, a boy who's six years old and another boy who's six months. My name is James Duggins. I have two daughters. One is three. One is one month old. This is Anthony Solano, and I'm a proud father of a two and a half year old daughter. Hey, everybody. Hey, Anthony. Hey, James. How you guys uh, been? Welcome back. What's up, man? Been a while. Good to see you guys. So today we have Anthony who's going to tell us a new topic, which we do not know what we're about to talk about. Anthony has said we are not allowed to prepare for what we're about to hear and what we're going to say afterwards. Anthony, go ahead and surprise us. I will indeed. So it's less of a topic, more of a confession. I uh, I don't know how. <laughs> it's one of those parenting nuances that I haven't figured out yet. I don't know how I feel about it, but I just thought Uh-oh. I'd take this opportunity. Don't to beat around the bush, there. Anthony. Yeah, Come right out and tell us. The best way is to rip off the Band-Aid. So go ahead and let us know. Three, two, one. What is it? So here's what happened. So my daughter, just turned three, was wearing a beaded necklace around her neck. Real That's cheap. Like plastic. Real yeah, cheap. yeah, 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 yeah. Real shiny, cheap. So she's wearing it around her neck and she's loving it. She's having a good time. But what I was noticing is that she was putting it in her mouth and it totally freaked me out. And so I had to do one of those, honey, if you do that again, I'm going to have to take that away from you. She got sad, got upset. She did it again, took it away. Lots of crying, sadness. Like on a scale of one to 10 tantrum, are we talking one or 10? 10 being the most this insane. Was, this, was a, this was a pretty, I'd say it was It was up there. It was about an eight. Ooh. It was about an eight. Okay, she, she was just, really... like, just like daddy. Exactly. <laughs> just like when she daddy takes... loses temper. I got you. Oh, man. She takes after her dad in the tantrum area. Hurricane Solano. <laughs> <laughs> she goes down for her nap, and first thing I do is I'm like, it was one of those I don't want to see her put that thing in her mouth again. I'm just going to get rid of this thing. So I actually threw it away. Ooh. Threw, oh, no. Hoping that she mm. wouldn't think about it again. Oh, no. Boy. I, oh, <laughs> you fool. So you guys know this. You fool. I hope you blamed it on mommy. I threw mm-hmm. it away and she woke up from her nap and she didn't ask about it. It was like it never existed until the next day. Oh no! When all of a sudden she saw something that reminded her of her necklace, and she's like, "Daddy, where's my necklace?" And I had to look at my daughter. <laughs> you didn't. You did. I know where this is going. <laughs> and I had one of those moments, like, do I tell her the truth or do I lie straight into the eyes of my sweet daughter? 
<laughs> and so I did like a half truth. I said, Daddy's not sure where that is, which, okay. There's nothing half true no, about that. That sounds like a lot. That's a hundred percent. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> I want you, you Anthony. So, okay. So I lied to my daughter. I'd like you to look in the mirror and look into the eyes of a liar. <laughs> So Ouch. that's my moral. That's my moral. No, it's true. It's true. I did. I totally lied to her. And that is my moral dilemma. Like, is it ever okay to lie to your kids? Or is there a time or is, is lying and stretching the truth? Is that just part of the deal? So the answer is, it's always okay to lie to your kids. Duggins, why don't you go first and tell us why you think that's not true? (laughs) I feel like the witness is being led over here. Um, I don't know. I don't think we... I try not to lie to my my kids. I think we might withhold truths, but I don't know. I think think there's another word for withholding truth. (laughs) Or maybe, yeah, not painting the full picture. I'm trying to think of an example. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I think every parent out there is kind of like nodding their head going, oh, I might have flip-flubbed on some stuff. Do you not tell your kids Santa Claus exists? I do. So, I mean, are you talking about the spirit that's in uh, the hearts of all men and women? Or are you talking about the guy with the red nose who rides a sleigh and brings them gifts? Because... I tell my kid, uh, I like I've told my kid, I don't know who where those cookies must have gone, but I have a great idea. Someone drink the milk. I have a great idea. No, I we do tell her that Santa Claus exists. And I Look, think, you know what it is? It's at this age, they still believe in magic. So yes. I'm trying not to take away from that magic. So sometimes if the truth destroys the magic, I think that's t- robbing robbing them of something. You know, that innocence. So that's kind of like what guides us. You know, we, we, we try to teach how important integrity is and being honest, right? Those are typical values we all want our kids to have. But it's kind of like, man, let's enjoy the magic as long as they can before they start to start feeling, you know, judgment and shame and all those other stressful things. So if maybe a little right. white, I'm not going to call it a lie, maybe a little fib or elongation of the truth, we're okay with that. So I think I just completely changed my point of view from when I first started. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's there, liar, sir. <laughs> not only do we all lie to our kids, it is your responsibility to lie to your kids because it's your job to protect your children from the bad and the monsters that are out there. One of the monsters that are out there. Oh, see, there you, there you have it. Because we used to tell Sonny if she didn't uh, brush her teeth, uh, a monster, the big scary monster. And that was the name is Big Scary Monster. Old BSM will uh, come and steal her teeth. <laughs> At night. So now the more I think about it, I'm a man, I am a, a foul mouthed liar. <laughs> I admit it. I did it. It was me all along. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but is there a way that we can protect our kids mm. and be truthful at the same time in all situations? Yes, because what you're going to do is you're going to ease them into the truth. Your job is to ease them in. You got to, you got to, what's it called? You got to boil the frog. Wow. So, so you're easing them into the truth, but you're doing yep. it over the course of 30, 40, 50 years. 
right? So mm. just because you tell them something at two, like, I mean, basically you're lying to them when you cover your hands over your eyes and say peekaboo and they think you're, you ran away. I mean, to some degree, that's not the whole truth, right? I never thought of that as lying. <laughs> peekaboo is a lie. Peekaboo. <laughs> I knew there was something about that game. Yeah. When you tell them like, no, no, wawa or nai-nai is the way to say water or night-night. I mean, those aren't the words. Right. You're just making things up as you go to make their life easier, to ease them into greater truths later on. So I think it's important that you don't look at it as you lying to your kid, but as you slowly greasing your kid into the hard knock life that is what they're looking at for the rest of their lives. And your job is to protect them from that one as long as possible, but to prepare them for it as best as possible. That was deep, man. <laughs> But it makes sense. It's a good way to put it. Yeah, right? I see where you're, you're never, coming from. I still struggle, man. I still struggle with it. Yeah. So how are you, how are you feeling right now about it? Like how, how long ago was this? This was just a couple weeks back. Wow, and, and it's still burning at you, huh? It's still, I, yeah. I feel. I just. It was one of those moments where I was just like, "Wow, is this is this really is this really yeah. who I want to be as a parent? Is this?" I, did. I felt bad. Yeah. I didn't want it. I didn't want to lie to her. And I, at the same time, I didn't want her to get upset. Uh, I think you may actually also feel bad about destroying her only treasure. Like the one thing she loved more than anything else in the world besides you and your wife. Um, <laughs> and you just really, really threw it in the trash. So well, my feeling is that might actually also make you feel if it doesn't, you're a monster. But I mean, like that might also make you feel bad. <laughs> As much as maybe the lie uh, that you horribly told afterwards, and you probably only half told it. So the problem is she probably knows because we all know, everybody knows you have a tell where your eye twitches when you, when you make things up. So like she probably knows that better than us. And you know, she knows that you knew you were lying and she knows, you know, she knows. And I think that probably made it worse than anything else is right now. She's staring at you from the other room going, Daddy, right now. where's my necklace? <laughs> yeah, I know where's you know. Daddy? I know you know. Where's my necklace? <laughs> Wait, here's, here's the question, though. Here's a thought. Have you thought of maybe going up to her and explaining, I wanted to apologize, you know, like admit Ooh. that you had thrown it away Ooh. and tell her about it and then let her know that it was a mistake and then show that you, even your parents are willing to apologize to the little kids you know let them know that they're valued and respected in that way might not understand it at the time but yeah be something you might want to express that's always a good way to go we we definitely we're big uh we're big believers in the apologizing and and so, uh so wait you're gonna just apologize and then everything's better that's the, just apologizing doesn't make everything better you have to make it right so if you're going to apologize you also got to get her a new necklace but you can't get her a new necklace because she's going to chew on it and choke <laughs> Right? right? Otherwise, you're going to teach her. So you have two choices or you have three choices. One, you can uh, stick to your guns, which uh, the Second Amendment supports. Two is you can say just apologize and keep moving on with your life. But if you apologize and keep moving on with your life, you're telling her you could do anything you want. You could lie to anyone you want. You could steal, break, destroy anything you want as long as you just apologize and no one cares. Or you could make it right. So you apologize to her and say, I know it was your necklace. You loved it. Here's a necklace. Well, no, I think it, it, it opens the avenue for, so one, apologizing and understanding what it means to take responsibility for something that had happened. But I think it also opens the avenue of understanding forgiveness of saying, 
oh, it's cool. It's all good. You know, I'm bummed, but you know, I appreciate you doing that. But I think it, yeah, I think it, it again, again, lends to teaching how to forgive. And I think that's a life lesson there too. And sometimes you don't have to have a tit for tat, right? Well, I think it's okay. You have to teach forgiveness by you forgiving. I don't think you teach forgiveness by forcing the other person to forgive you. Mm. Do you follow me? No, I don't think you're forcing them into it. No, I don't think so. But I think it starts to, it presents the opportunity for them to start understanding what it means and what it is. Because I don't think he would go up and say, hey, I'm sorry. Now you forgive me and we move on. I don't think that's the, the point. But if it's something where there's like, oh, okay, I see what happened. And then they move forward, you know, just through actually going through the process, they can learn it. But I'm no child psychologist. I, I don't know. I really, I don't, but it seems like. It's a tough one. Yeah, it really is. No. So what would this you do? This is the easiest answer in the world. <laughs> what would you do? You forget about it. You keep moving. <laughs> and keep buying replacement necklaces to try to fill the empty hole that was. <laughs> no. Here's the thing. She's Here's three and a half. She'll have another necklace by the time she's four, and that one she won't swallow. Yeah. So two weeks, obviously, she wouldn't even remember what necklace I was talking about at this point. I trust. Right. I mean, it's it's been so. I can't go back. I can only move forward. I also heard a very elaborate. So we were also in the um, process of weaning her off her pacifier at night in talking to other parents about how they weaned their children off of the pacifier. We heard this very elaborate tale about one of my wife's friends who did this whole plan involving Toys R Us. So she takes her daughter to Toys R Us for the toy that her daughter wants. She said, okay, you can have this toy, but we have to pay for it using pacifiers. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So they bring the toy to the register and she had already talked to the checkout person. And so they paid for the toy using the child's pacifiers. So... (laughs) That's the long con right there. <laughs> okay, listen to this. It gets it's it, it, the plot even thickens. Oh no! So they pay for the pacifiers. She gets home. They have more pacifiers at home, and so when her daughter wants her pacifier at home, the mom pretends like she's getting a call from Toys R Us, requesting that they send in more pacifiers to cover the cost of the. We got a shortage. <laughs> There's a shortage. <laughs> And until the point where they didn't have any more pacifiers, and that's how they weaned their child off of sleeping with a pacifier. So I heard that tale, and I was like, okay, maybe I don't feel so bad about throwing away the necklace. Because <laughs> this yeah, is obviously that's... another level of... <laughs> Premeditated. <laughs> Premeditated. <laughs> What's the name of the Toys R Us giraffe? Who remembers? Jeffrey. That? Jeffrey. You know everything, man. That's awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. I just want to thank everyone for tuning in to this episode of Three Men and Their Babies podcast. Feel free to subscribe to us on any of your favorite platforms. Leave a review. No pacifiers are required. If you want to listen to this podcast any further, we have at least 18 episodes. All are free, non-pacifier, which you're more than welcome to listen to. And then tune in again in 18 years when we hear Anthony's daughter Naomi's valedictorian speech about the night my father threw away my favorite necklace and how that drove me to be the straight-A student I am today. Thank you very much. No lie. Remember, babies, yeah.